This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach! Give me great food. Tacos! Give me adventure. Hiking! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Hello and welcome to Food Stuff. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today, we're going to introduce the topic, Jeopardy stuff. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Well-known food author Richard Sterling once described this fruit's aroma as... Turpentine and onions, garnished with a gym suck. It can be smelled from yards away. And Anthony Bourdain said of it, indescribable, something you will either love or despise. Your breath will smell as if you've been French kissing your dead grandmother. What is it? What is durian? (laughs) Yay! Durian. Today we're talking about durian. If you're like me, you probably never heard of it. Well, I don't know. Actually, I have no idea. You, you have no idea if you're like you or if you haven't heard of durian. <laughs> I might be the weird one, oh. is what I'm saying. But now okay. I'm having an existential crisis. <laughs> Thank I'm very you. confused. And well, any anytime, you're very welcome. Mm-hmm. Uh, d- durian, yeah, uh, it's it's famous or infamous in some circles for having this amazing scent and flavor combination that seem very much at odds. Yes, and our audio engineer Dylan tells us it is also... Uh, something you can have in Zelda. Hearty durian, very healthy. Good oh, yeah. for you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we'll get to the nutrition of actual durian a little bit later. Yes. But for now. For now, what is it? Like the pineapple, the durian also goes by the king of fruits in the region it grows, which is mainly southeastern Asian countries like Malaysia or Thailand. The countries that grow it don't export it too often, and when they do, it's usually shipped frozen. 
except for China, where Malaysian durian has become hugely popular. The value of the imports about six hundred thirty-five million U.S. dollars in twenty sixteen. Fresh durian is fairly expensive too, about five dollars to ten dollars a kilo.、Uh, worldwide, the market is upwards of eighty million dollars per year. And the nickname is because of its size. The tree,、Maybe. yeah. <laughs> well, it's also you know, it's, it's it's highly prized in many places. It is the tree that durian grows on can reach up to 120 feet, which is about 37 meters. Uh, though the cultivated trees are usually much smaller, only about a third of the, that size at 12 meters or 40 feet. And the large edible fruit it bears can grow to be six to eight inches or 15 to 20 centimeters. They usually weigh about two kilos, aka four pounds, but less than a third of that is edible fruit. Right. And as I clumsily hinted at in the <laughs> intro, I've never seen one, but it kind of resembles、oh. a pineapple, only with like. Much more condensed, spiky spikes.、Um, <laughs> it reminds it reminds me of something you'd see under the sea. It's it's sort of like um if like a punk rock kid took a cantaloupe and put like little punker spikes all over it. Yeah, yeah, I I appreciate that. <laughs> um, if you can get past the hardened shell and spikes on the inside, are five oval compartments that are filled with a custardy pulp. And one to five medium-sized seeds. Typically, it ripens near the start of the rainy season in whatever region it's in. It takes about three months to ripen. Once that happens, it falls from its tree, frequently splitting on impact. Durian collectors often wear hard hats to protect themselves from falling durian that can dent cars on impact.、Ooh. Yeah, don't want that. The durian is pretty important for the ecosystem, feeding animals like elephants and tigers. And there are thirty official durian species, nine of which are edible. Well, one of these is cultivated more often than the others. The durian zebethanus. That second bit, zebethanus, is a reference to a local species of civet cat, Vivera zebetha, because this civet cat apparently loves durian and used to be caught with durian baited traps. <laughs> Not because civets smell like durian. Almost, almost certainly. Though to be fair, it was given the name by Carl Linnaeus, who had never encountered a durian fruit. Ah,、uh, mm-hmm. The government of Thailand has a registry with 234 types of durian, documenting their color, taste, aroma, and odor. I would love to read that with the odor.、Uh, a lot of this diversity is thanks to the efforts of farmers who preserved and planted older varieties. The Crown Princess of Thailand even requested that farmers plant the older varieties for genetic diversity, and for the country's history.、Hmm. Thailand has during festivals too. Both the seeds and pulp are edible, and it's most closely related to the cacao, which we've talked about recently, and is a pretty new discovery. Yes,、actually. yeah, a little bit more on that later on.、Mm-hmm. And speaking of edible, how do these things taste? Well, I haven't tried it, <laughs> but from what I've read. You can get past the smell if you can get past the smell. They're、um, mildly sweet,、um, and along with the texture, kind of reminiscent of creme brulee. But the taste can vary wildly from sweet like vanilla or butterscotch or savory, ranging from onion to egg. I watched two videos before coming in here, and it was just people's different、uh, what they thought it tasted like, and it was all over the board. <laughs> the consensus seems to be it's best fresh. But it ends up in all kinds of things, like milkshakes or mixed with shrimp paste. Here's the quote from Alfred Russel Wallace, who was a British naturalist from the 1800s. 
Um, and this quote is often used to describe the durian experience. A rich custard highly flavored with almonds, but there are occasional wafts of flavor that call to mind cream cheese, onion sauce, sherry wine, and other incongruous dishes. <laughs> then there is a rich gluttonous smoothness in the pulp which nothing else possesses, but which adds to its delicacy. It is neither acid nor sweet nor juicy, yet it wants none of these qualities, for it is in itself perfect. It produces no nausea or bad effect, and the more you eat of it, the less you feel inclined to stop. I uh, I have not had fresh durian, but I have had durian-flavored pastry, and it tasted a little bit like vanilla and roasted garlic. Like if you cut up some vanilla beans and roasted them with garlic, I, it's sort of smooth, pungent, savory kind of flavor. Mm -hmm. Definitely not bad, just not what I would normally expect from a sugared pastry. Our, our researcher, Christopher Hasiotis, who has spent a bit of time in South Asia, absolutely loves this stuff. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I've recently spoken to a couple of people, and it's interesting how different the, the takes are with, I love the smell or I hate the smell, but I love the taste. This is a quite an interesting fruit. Yes. Uh, the, the seeds, as you mentioned, are also edible once they've been boiled or roasted. Don't eat them raw. And they're supposedly sort of nutty sweet, like taro root or um, sweet potato, maybe. Mm -hmm. A traditional durian-based treat is durian-flavored dodol, which is a glutinous rice candy made with coconut milk and cane sugar. It's also a popular fill-in for moon cakes, which are a fall harvest festival delicacy in some parts of Southeast Asia. And you can also find stuff like a durian ice cream lots of street vendors in Indonesia. Because of the flavor profile, though, as you said, it's also used in savory dishes, sometimes after having been fermented from soups to curries to stir fries. The proprietor of a food tour service in Davao City in the Philippines recommends pairing raw durian with Coca-Cola. That way, she says, you'll get durian-scented burps, thus prolonging the experience. <laughs> um, <laughs> our audio engineer just gave us a very funny look. I've never thought, and probably Dylan hasn't either, of using burps to uh, prolong like, a food experience. Me neither. My mind has been opened a little bit. <laughs> I appreciate the idea. Eating the pulp of durian with your hands is considered rude. Locals use rubber gloves, which also helps protect your hands when you're cracking open the shell. Sure. Ideally, to open a durian. You'd use a knife to make an incision in the top of the hole after you put it on a surface so it's oh. not going to get away from you. Yeah. Um, you'd pull it apart, the incision, with your gloved hands, scoop out the flesh with either said hands or a spoon, setting aside the seeds if you want them, and then open the other sections by cutting along the seams with your knife. There's a lot of, like, other sections, and you don't want to throw away that fruit. Mm, no. If you don't have the gloves on hand... <laughs> no. no, I didn't even mean to do it. Then it's seen as polite to wash your hands before interacting with anyone. Anyway, on top of that, you really shouldn't eat durian in enclosed public spaces. Nope. Singapore took this a step further, prohibiting durian on their mass public transit. The signage for this, by the way, is very funny, and you should look it up. Oh, yeah. Just all kinds of pictures of, like, no smoking with a cigarette, no durian, big spiky thing. Yeah, it's like it's... this big spiky ball with an X over it. <laughs> it looks fantastic. It's also forbidden on several airlines and in some hotels. And the reason for all of this brings us back to the smell. 
which is sometimes described as similar to Limburger cheese, if you've ever gotten a whiff of that. Or less kindly to corpses. Yes. Oh, it's got some of the best descriptions. Uh, not all of them have that odor, though. <laughs> a few have mild to no aroma. Also, some people, like I said, just like the smell. There's over 50 compounds that mingle together in a symphony of je ne sais quoi <laughs> to make durian's odor, including four that previous to the 2012 study pinpointing all these compounds had been completely unknown to science. Individually, none of these compounds produced any of the odors specifically associated with durian, but the combination is, from what I have read, quite pungent. In fact, in 2013, the smell of a durian shipment permeated through the ventilation system at this office building in Sydney, Australia, and it was mistaken as a gas leak. Oh. And it led to the evacuation <laughs> of the entire building. They called the emergency teams. And even after somebody who was in charge of, like, the whole durian shipment said it was durian, people couldn't believe it. They they thought there was no way some fruit smelled like that. <laughs> and it was hours before the firefighting the response team would uh, let anyone go in. Oh, wow. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. Are you feeling sorry for the durian? I was. I was like, well, someone <laughs> someone could have cleared that up for them right away. They could have been like, A, no, that's fine, and B, it's delicious. Just give it to me, and it'll be great. Yeah, I'll take the, I'll take the shipment. Yeah. Nutritionally, the durian has relatively high levels of vitamins A, B, and C, potassium, iron, and our old pal, tryptophan. One cup of the flesh is about 350 calories. It's pretty heavy on the uh, sugars. Yeah. Uh, and the acid of the durian is sometimes used in shampoo. And it's used medicinally as a fever reducer because it allegedly has warming abilities and will make you sweat. And also because of this, there's a popular belief dating back to at least the mid-1700s that the combination of durian and alcohol will make you too warm and will kill you. It will lead to your untimely death. Oh. Yep. Interestingly, a 2009 study out of Japan did find that durian greatly interferes with the enzyme aldehyde dehydrogenase. Dehydrogenase. Yes. <laughs> ALDH, which is the same thing your liver uses to process alcohol. Oh. So maybe. So maybe, yeah. yeah. I mean, that, it's probably, certainly... Probably don't drink a bunch and yeah. eat durian at the same time. Pregnant women and people with high blood pressure are often advised to avoid durian as well. And coffee isn't recommended either. <laughs> so a lot of uh, caveats, things to keep in mind, I guess. Studies are looking into durian's potential to lower blood sugar, fight infection, and reduce cancer risk and heart disease. And some things I read suggested limiting your intake of durian to one half cup a day if gout is a thing that you deal with in your family. Due to that sugar, uh, right. sugar content. Mm -hmm. And of course, of course, it's also used as an aphrodisiac. I'm still waiting for the thing that isn't used as an aphrodisiac somewhere. It's garlic, I bet. Oh, I don't know. I can't wait to find out. Anyway, <laughs> the Japanese might even have some old wives' tales of, like, when you should and shouldn't eat durian. And in Malaysia, there is a saying. I hope this is PC enough for this show. Huh. When the durians come down, the sarongs go up. I've heard that that also might be a reference to people being willing to literally sell the clothes off their back when the durian harvests oh. come in. Like, there's just too much durian not enough time or money, so just <laughs> okay. just, ta just take my clothes, give me the durian. Okay, so 
two possible meanings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you want to know more about the Darien after we're done with this this podcast thing, there is a blog called The Year of the Durian from a couple that spent a year doing, like, all things durian. I believe right now they are on a quest to find a durian that passes through an elephant's system, its digestive tract intact. What? Yeah, supposedly this may improve the flavor and it's worth a lot of money. That is an extremely specific quest. I, okay. Yeah. Well, man, my quests are like, I don't know, like go buy a frozen pizza. That's okay. That's, that is a high level quest. It is. If if your life was a video game, one of the quests (laughs) would be. I am not at that level yet. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) There's also a really terrific book um, called Durio, a bibliographic review, which is incredibly dry and scientific, but also is just so in love with durian. And its history and and just everything around it. It's got a really great oh, bi- yeah. uh, uh, bibliography, so mm-hmm. I recommend it's it's on Google Books. Mm-hmm. And I wish that I could have read more of it before we had to run in here. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the durian inside the spiky hole that encases the durian. <laughs> um, so we're gonna pause for a quick break for a word from our sponsor. But when we get back, we'll look at some durian history. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach! Give me great food. Tacos! Give me adventure. Hiking! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you, sponsor. Historians believe the first durians grew in the peninsular landmass that eventually became Malaysia, Borneo, Sumatra, and Singapore. Over the years, 
many, many, many years. It went north to places like Cambodia, Myanmar, Laos, Vietnam, and of course, Thailand. But people in the region have been eating the durian since prehistoric times. But recorded mentions of durian didn't take place until much later. Yeah. Uh, there is a little bit of folklore surrounding the durian, and I didn't write this down, so let's see how much I could remember without notes. Okay. Exciting times. Two two legends about how the durian came to be. One of them says that there was a young boy who was uh, tra- tragically cursed to die. And oh. when, when when he passed, his mother had him planted by the roots of a tree outside of her window so that she could look upon the tree and remember him. Mm-hmm. And the tree eventually began bearing this corpse-smelling fruit. Oh, oh, okay, I like that. Sure, yeah, that's uh-huh. one. The second one is is really Sleeping Beauty-esque. Uh, it's, it's the tale of this king who whose queen was a little bit flighty, and he wanted to keep her closer to home, loving her very much. So he went to a local hermit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as, as, as you do, yeah, sure, and was like, hey, do you have anything that can help me out? The hermit gave him this seed to plant on the condition that if whatever grew from the seed worked in keeping the queen close to home, he would be invited to their next big party. Mm. Mm. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. So the king plants the seed. It grows into this tree. The tree produces the most beautiful fruit. It tastes like a custard. It's smooth and lovely. No one has ever seen the like. The queen is enchanted with it. They have a great party. King totally forgets to invite the hermit. Oh, mistake. So the hermit curses the tree. <gasps> it grows spiny. Oh, no. And the scent of the fruit is rotten. Oh. Don't forget to invite your magical never. hermit friend. Yeah, never. Never. For, why would you do that? Have we learned nothing? Uh, well, whatever the case, <laughs> one of the first appearances of durian in written records is thought to be from Explorer Niccolo Conti in the 15th century, basically saying that he encountered this watermelon-sized fruit and that it tasted like cheese. <laughs> Very short to the point. Yep. That's accurate. Yeah. The first use of the word durian is thought to have occurred in 1588. It was derived from the Malay word for spike or thorny, I've also read, dury. Mentions of durian appeared sporadically. 1572's Fergoso's Discuros. Haha. I don't know why we were just talking about this, but there's like a weird hand motion you do. Um, anyway, yeah. <laughs> he had a two-page description of durians. French navigator Pirard wrote of it, The Indians esteem this fruit to be one of the best and daintiest in the Indies. To those who are, un- are unaccustomed to it, it is disagreeable having a stink like that of our onions, but the taste is far more excellent. So, mixed, mixed reviews. Mixed reviews. <laughs> in 1687, French diplomat Simon de la Loubert recorded his thoughts on durian. At the time, he wrote, durian trees had a one-half bot tax on them, and the law required farmers replacing any tree that died. Oh, wow. hmm And then, in 1727, Alexander Hamilton. Wait. That, no. that Hamilton? No. No? No, oh. not that one. Oh. Different one. He wrote, it was an excellent fruit, but offensive to some people's noses, for it smells very like human excrements. But once, but when once tasted, the smell vanishes. Meat is very hot and nourishing, and instead of surfeiting, they fortify the stomach and are a great incentive to wantonness. Wantonness. Yeah. Ooh. 
All right. Mm-hmm. In 1741, Rufius's Herbarium Emboinense was published with the most detailed account of durian, and it stayed that way for about a century. The 1774 13th edition of Linnaeus's Systema Vegetabilium had the first valid listing of Durios the Bethanus, although there is some dispute about it. Um, of course there is. Oh, yeah. Flooding and the construction of highways in the 50s and 60s led to a shift of the center of Durian civilization away from cities. That's the 1950s and 60s. Yes, I really should have specified. Thank mm-hmm. you, Lauren. No problem. Thanks to those fancy new highways, farmers were able to get the word out about durian to the cities and started replacing their crops with those that the city folk preferred to eat. The point that now the market is saturated with three main varieties. And around the same time, durians were introduced to Australia in 1960s. From then, durian's popularity has steadily grown, particularly in other Asian countries, but increasingly in the West as well. And in 1991, researchers reported that in Indonesia, the rice harvest is less successful than usual when it overlaps with durian harvests because so many workers skive off to go eat durian. So that's the durian, its history, and about where it is now. Mm -hmm. Um, We're going to take one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. When we get back, we'll talk some stench science. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach! Give me great food. Tacos! Give me adventure. Hiking! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at sandiego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. So, just this year, 2017... 
Researchers out of Singapore sequenced and published Durian's complete genome. Ooh. It's stinky, stinky genome. Uh Uh-huh. And they found some really fascinating stuff. When they traced its evolution back, they found that Durian's closest, earliest ancestor is the cacao plant, as we mentioned at the top of the show. And you can kind of see the similarities in the shape of the fruit pods. The they've, they've got the same kind of rinds and these sticky lumps of fruit surrounding seeds. But how on earth do you reconcile the flavors of these things, even given millions of years of evolution? I mean, millions of years can do a lot, but it's chocolate and durian. Very valid question. <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, These researchers discovered that at some point in its evolution, durian experienced what's called a whole genome duplication. This is not something out of Jurassic Park. It's it's not uncommon at all in plants. It's what happens when, instead of inheriting just one genome from each parent, an organism instead inherits multiple copies. And this can happen in humans, too. If you've ever heard about conditions involving three or more chromosomes, uh, that's that's what happened right there. After a whole genome duplication, an organism's genes have room to do the weird stuff. Uh, While one set of genes continues the business of daily life, the second can add in all kinds of strange characteristics to the mix. Some of those won't work out well, but others will. And somehow what worked out well for the durian was being stinky. Whatever works. (laughs) It has multiple copies of the genes that code proteins to create sulfuric compounds, Durians are basically odor machines, and the researchers think that this helped attract animals, including primates, to eat the fruit and thus disperse the seeds, which also falls in line with other research into the pungent, sour scent of durian flowers. It attracts specific pollinators like bees and uh, bats. And all of this isn't just cool to know. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, though it's pretty, it's pretty it's cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, because these researchers have identified the genes that create durian scent, it's possible that future scientists could breed or genetically engineer durian that does not stink. Hmm. Or, using other genetic information, durian that are lower in sugar and thus healthier for people who need to watch their sugar intake, which is most of us, but especially the folks who eat durian as a staple during harvest season. Although, I don't know, do you think that reducing the stink would would ruin it? I mean, it kind of sounds like part of the experience. Um, I mean, but whether it's a negative or positive, it is sort of. Yeah. And smell is so important to food, which is interesting. I'm fascinated by this fruit because if you're trying to get over the smell to eat it, then it's like you're ignoring part of it. But it sounds like some people, like I said. Consider it. Yeah, absolutely. Part of the. Yeah. And they enjoy it. And like a good part of it. Exactly. Not like, oh. Oh, get rid of this. Yeah, no, they they like the smell. And this fruit, to me, is an excellent example, probably the best example I've ever seen of how people taste things differently. Yeah. And smell things differently. Yeah. It's fascinating to me. I'm just very curious why that is and how I would love to get a like, group of people and just have, what do you smell? What do you smell? What do you smell? What do you taste? What do you taste? Oh, that'd be terrific. Uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe like a little chart or something like that. I find that a lot of people find mm-hmm. it hard to put into words specific, but maybe if you had had it like listed out, like, like this smells like burning or onion or garlic or vanilla or. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Little check boxes. Oh, durian party. 
Oh, yeah. There's one of the section headers in, in our outline for this one is, is this the one where we test it out while recording? <laughs> and the answer is no, Annie. <sighs> no, this is not. Maybe. Hmm, I just don't want to make any enemies and I don't want to burn down our podcast booth. Yeah, I think that if we opened one up in here, it would. Yeah, there's a lot of like foam that would absorb the, the, the smell, I think. Yeah. But perhaps we can do it outside. I mean, I get mad at other podcasters who like don't brush their teeth before they <laughs> yeah. use the common microphones. So oh, you got names. You know who they are? Oh, you know, no one. Uh, no one we know. No one we know. OK. <laughs> After the podcast. <laughs> I have my suspicions. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But yeah, no, uh, we we do definitely want to find because there there are places in Atlanta that do sell fresh durian, mm-hmm. or at the very least frozen durian, so we can get a hold of some, open it outside. Yeah, and we can record our our experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll do that. Yeah. But in the meanwhile, that's about all that we have to say about durian for today. Mm-hmm. Which brings us to listener mail. First, quick correction about our jelly donut episode. Oh, uh, yeah, and I'll I'll take this one because this was totally my bad. I don't even recall. You know, it's just a it's a <laughs> blur of podcasting jelly donuts. Oh and... no, I was I was trying. Okay, all right. So sev- several listeners wrote in to say that we misspoke about Lent. Uh, Katie was one of them, saying, "I just listened to the jelly donut episode and have a slight correction for you. In the episode, you said Lent is the forty days between Christ's death and resurrection. Actually, the time between his death and resurrection was three days and three nights between." Lent is the season of reflection and preparation for the Easter celebrations. It's 40 days to replicate the 40 days Christ spent in the desert. Yes. Oh, my goodness. I'm so sorry that I got that so wrong. I was working quickly, and it just... Mm-hmm. So, so I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to... I try not to be offensive about religion, especially. People like that kind of thing when you get it right. So, yeah, my bad. And uh, thanks so much to everyone who wrote in gently to correct us about that. Yes, thank you. Um, another email about our jelly donut episode came from Chelsea. She wrote, let me say it's a good thing that I am alone in my office listening to your episode on jelly donuts because I got way too excited at the mention of Mr. Donut. Honestly, I did not know that it originated in the States because A, I'm over in Seattle where we don't have a real strong donut brand presence here other than Mighty O and Krispy Kreme. And even then, it's not that big of a deal. And B, the first time I laid my eyes on this magical place was in Taipei, Taiwan. <laughs> my dad lived down the street from a shop, and every day we would go and get a donut or two or three and a coffee. We were determined to get enough points to win whatever they were giving away. I don't know if the donuts here were a Mr. Donut thing or a Taiwanese-style thing, but they were amazing. More dense and less oily, but I would often get their almond donut middle shelf next to the green-wrapped ones. <laughs> <laughs> she sent us pictures. In the same trip, we had a typhoon come through, and my dad decided it was a good idea to go walking around in it. The only place that was open within a few blocks was the Dunkin' Donuts, which also, <laughs> which was also the first time I had been to one. Each of us got four donuts for the price of $1 USD, and it was a magical time indeed. Anyway, Mr. Donut holds a special place in my heart, and I miss it dearly. Oh. That's a lovely story. That is. Donuts are magical. They really are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, any any time of day, it just makes you feel more like a human person if you have a donut. Mm-hmm. So thank 
thanks to these two human people. Yes. For emailing us. Presumably. And, oh, don't, don't <laughs> send me down that rabbit hole. Oh, on. no. Okay. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, if you would like to send us something, you can also do that thing. Yes. Our email is foodstuff at howstuffworks.com. We're also on social media. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at FoodStuffHSW. We're also on Instagram at FoodStuff. You know, we, we, we check and respond to things around those things sometimes. Mm-hmm. Annie's really good about the email. I am. I will send you a response. <laughs> oh, she will. Yeah. Oh, she will. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, thanks to y'all who have already written in. Thank you so much to Dylan Fagan, our amazing super producer. And we hope to hear from you, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 